0: Hi, welcome to Dreams Recycle Podcast with me, Tiffany Ann. I'm your host, as usual. And today, we are talking to somebody who I think is going to be really interesting because I am a massive believer in health as a part of your divorce journey. You know, people don't think of that right off the bat. They think about, you know, you figuring out the basic things like legal, financial, emotional. But really, if you're not um, physically in the best condition that you can be, you're mentally not going to be in the best condition you can be to deal with everything that's going to be thrown at you because believe me there will be a lot thrown at you so today we're here with daniel thomas hind from evolutioneat.com welcome daniel
1: thank you so much for having me tiffany
0: we're we're glad to have you so so i know you work with a lot of divorcees and um Like, it's kind of a joke amongst my friends. A lot of us have been divorced. And and we always say, you know, the only good thing about (laughs) divorce is a lot of people get really thin on their divorce from the divorce diet. But I also know people who during their divorce gained a lot of weight. Mm. So so can you tell me like why, you know, what do we do with food that's unhealthy when we're stressed? Like, how does that work?
1: Sure. So (sighs) a lot of people treat food as a drug. And that word sounds very serious, but it's an external means of fulfillment, right? And so Mm -hmm. during times of stress, when we're overwhelmed and we don't know what to do, we want to look for something that immediately makes us feel good, makes us feel safe. Mm. And Food, especially for Westerners, is culturally, it's pushed at you from a very young age. Um, it's part of the culture. It's family gathering. It's a symbol of love, right? Mm. And so
0: and comfort, we, right? That's why we have comfort food.
1: Exactly, love, comfort, and it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. And the problem mm. is that the the popular commercialized food is it's plain bad for you. It's psychoactively addicting. Sugar is. I was addicting. like, come
0: on, McDonald's has to be really good for you.
1: Yeah, wow. no, sugar the. <laughs> Sugar is addicting, and all the chemicals and this other foodstuffs are addicting. And mm-hmm. so we grow up from a very young age um, using food as a means of coping. And some of us don't experience it so powerfully, and some of us do. If you look around America, uh, mm-hmm. you would see that a lot of us have issues with food, our relationship with food. And so that's the sort of work that I do. I help people create breakthroughs in their life around their relationship with food. And I do that by helping them build a lifestyle that supports their lifelong health and success. Mm -hmm. So treating this whole process, dieting, diet, weight loss, wherever you're coming from on the spectrum as a lifelong practice, um, as a skill that you can train versus something that you just focus on for like a few weeks and then quit.
0: Well, because that's what it should be, right? I mean, we should all be eating healthy and having a certain amount of exercise every week for our entire lives, right? A lot of us lead very sedentary lives. I mean, I work in front of the computer every day. If I didn't work out, I'd be God knows. Okay. But, but, you know, and I think many people, we're just too busy, and when we don't make food and exercise a priority, I think, you know, this doesn't end well. And even if you look at one of the factors in divorce, I talk to a lot of divorcees and um, we talk sometimes, and this is like naughty now, but we talk sometimes about people, you know, not wanting to have sex or their partners want not having wanting to have sex because during their marriage you know maybe they let themselves go a bit maybe they stop working out maybe they you know didn't don't don't find their partner which we don't want to admit attractive anymore because of you know what's happened to them because they're working 16 hours a day and maybe they're drinking a little bit or smoking and they're not working out and they're not taking care of themselves so it's actually a very important thing that starts way before divorce right that we should be doing anyway
1: right so it's, that's exactly what that's that's the that's a major point that you just touched on it's usually something that's embedded that you take with you from an early age and that you live with throughout these troubling times that when faced with major crises or the the meditation of a crisis like thinking oh my god I might need to I I, I'm, I need to get a divorce but I don't know how then mm-hmm. we start these these issues become very real, very loud. And we start to use coping mechanisms in order to deal with the pain. I mean, straight Mm up deal with the pain or the frustration or the stress or the anxiety and with food, um, it's everywhere, right? So you can get it, you can get your little hit here. You can get your little hit there. And it's not looked down upon in the same way that drinking is, for example, or smoking where it's a louder event. So you can do Mm -hmm. this in, um, you can do this all throughout the day at night without anybody really noticing until you really feed an addiction, for example, or until you just your routine, your lifestyle, your routines around food, your rituals around food are so compromised that um, that it 's tough that it 's tough yeah. to change and the problem is that people then try to go on a diet to like fix the issue, but right. diets in of, diets in and of themselves are so they're so unhealthy for you because they're <clears throat> to put it simply they're organized they're constructed for you to achieve within a unrealistic framework so you right. either have to lose as much weight within a certain amount of time or or you or it's a time so it's either a time goal or a weight goal mm-hmm. and you make choices that um that satisfy accomplishment the goal within that framework but it doesn't prepare you for what happens after the diet is
0: over right right? yeah absolutely no because that's i mean i'm a typical girl like if i have something i want to i'm getting married by the way yay me
1: oh congratulations (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know that congratulations Yay. yay
0: So, you know, like, let's pretend my wedding was next week, I would not be eating this week. And I hate to say that, because I'm a typical girl. And that's so unhealthy. And I realize that is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I mean, I think we do. I think, you know, we want to leave this, this healthy lifestyle all the time, but you know, things get in the way. And then maybe, you know, we gain five pounds, and maybe 10. And then, <laughs> and then uh, you know, you've got Maybe you're a bridesmaid. Maybe you have a you know graduation to attend, or a family event, or a TV appearance, or whatever. And then you're like, "Oh no, cool, Daniel. We got to you you know lose twenty pounds in fourteen days. God help us, right?"
1: Well, I'm not the guy for that. If you want to lose fourteen, that I can help anybody lose fourteen pounds in you know maybe not twenty days. That would be a bit ridiculous, but. That's not what I'm here for. I'm really here Mm. to train people how to make this a lifestyle. that starts with our habits. That starts with building new habits, recognizing old habits, rituals Mm. that don't serve you, Um, doing the deep work. I mean, a lot of us have emotional relationships with food and we don't think of it from that perspective, but if you start to, then you will, then you might see why even despite your best attempts at dieting or whatnot, you keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again because we use food to cope, or we restrict to cope. It's It, it can go on either side of the spectrum, right? And right. so my job is to help people train the habit of following through with their intentions and build a lifestyle, which is a long-term process, not a short-term goal, but a long-term practice, a lifelong practice, so that they lose the weight and stay there and have the tools to live that way forever where it's just ingrained in you it's it's a part of your nature um yeah
0: well no and it, and it should be right i mean that's exactly what we should be doing and i i um, have spoken to you before and we've talked about this i mean it's very interesting to me because i do obviously work with an awful lot of divorcees mm-hmm. and um and and I explain to them you know, their entire life, it's all the different pieces of the puzzle. And if you, if you don't have kind of goals and things in place in all the areas, then it kind of like everything is misaligned and everything falls out of place and you can't really kind of do anything. So um, do you have any stories or information for us about what happens when you fix the food piece of that puzzle for your life, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got two stories that are really powerful. One I will uh I'll start with I'll start with um I'm gonna change her name for the sake of
0: That's story. okay. Yeah, change names.
1: <laughs> let's call um let, let's call her Michelle. No.
0: Let's call oh her. Michelle. Go
1: that's Michelle. good, go. Okay. <laughs> so Michelle started working with me in uh right around Thanksgiving of two thousand and fifteen. Mm. And she was she comes from a very religious background. She was living in Chicago at the time. She does live in Chicago, but she comes from the Midwest, very religious background and had been with her husband for 10 years then. Mm-hmm. The sort of work that I do it's very intimate and intensive in that we 're talking every day, multiple times throughout the day over, uh, over text messaging, and it's mm-hmm. geared the, the two values that, the two values that underscore the entire process are transparency. And trust. If we build trust through transparency, just being utterly honest about what's going on, totally vulnerable about what's going on with our food choices, good, bad, it doesn't it doesn't matter. If you're just being honest with what you're doing mm-hmm. and you're sharing that with somebody else, you disrupt all of these unhealthy patterns that we grow up with that are like geared towards protecting ourselves. So if you can make yourself vulnerable to another human being and just be honest about what's going on, um, you're already you're already changing yourself like that are, that is the formula for transformation so because we are
0: right we 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 tell a lot of people i i don't call them lies let's say they're untruths mm-hmm. and then we also tell ourselves untruths about what we're doing
1: exactly so you can tell yourself oh you know i just had like a little cookie here or a little thing there, or you might go off the deep end and have like an all night binge. And then you tell Mm -hmm. yourself, Oh, it's just this one isolated circumstance. I'll be, I'll be better tomorrow. I'll bounce right back tomorrow. But then you end up just telling yourself these stories over and over and over again. And if it's not food for you, it might be alcohol or it might be smoking or it might be whatever. Right. And we just tell ourselves these stories. So in that I call it in the chamber of one, in your own head, mm-hmm. it, you just tra- you get trapped. You get trapped in this loop of, um, of wishing for a better day, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so what I do, I come in and I say, okay, this is important to you. Great. Let's partner up. You're going to share everything that's going on with me. You're going to text me. You're going to text me photos of your food. You're going to tell me how you're feeling throughout the day.
0: Hang on a minute. Can I text you photos of my food? Because I like taking pictures of my food. I'm one of those no. annoying people.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, especially if you're getting married. You'll be
0: like, no, put that back.
1: No, no, it's, see, that's the thing. It's never about me telling you, oh, that's a good thing, that's a bad thing. It's simply about you making yourself vulnerable and right. saying this is what's going on. That alone is such a huge disruption to your relationship with food from every other point in your life until then that even if I had nothing intelligent to say, which I sometimes have to tell you, <laughs> but only sometimes, even if I didn't, that would create the massive breakthroughs that you're looking for. And that's mm-hmm. the point. So if you commit to working with me, then you're already, you're already on that path. So, okay, so to get back to the story, uh, what do we call her, Michelle?
0: Michelle. Michelle. <laughs>
1: Michelle. So Michelle started working with me because uh, she was in pretty good shape, uh, but she had an addiction to sugar. And um, it was showing up throughout her days. Every, there are people who have different tendencies. Some people are late night bingers, Mm-hmm. And they'll kind of go through the cycle of restricting during the day and then binging at night. Some people are are constant sugar snackers, so it's like little dopamine hit here, little dopamine hit there. It's all it's everywhere um, throughout the so, day. Isn't that,
0: soda a massive one? I I hate soda, but I, I oh see yeah, people with their massive jugs of it. When I go out, I'm like, good lord! Uh, it, uh,
1: I can't. I don't understand how people function on that. In that, like if I were to have one soda, it would make me feel so bad at this point that, but it's true. People, this becomes mm-hmm. people's norm and we become kind of, we could we, we become conditioned to it. So mm-hmm. she would take, she would have just little fixes of sugar all throughout the day, every day. And, um, and it wasn't ruining her life per se, but it was influencing it negatively. She felt mm-hmm. powerless and every time she felt stressed out, she could feel herself literally reaching for it as if mm-hmm. she didn't have, a choice so that's how we started working together um through our process of the vulnerability piece and the, the daily accountability and support she grew so comfortable for the first time in her life mind you of actually just speaking her needs and speaking her truth being mm-hmm. authentic with 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 the work that we were doing but also just with herself that she finally felt empowered and i had no idea this other stuff was going on she felt empowered to start having those difficult conversations with her husband mm-hmm. and To make a long story, not so long, within (laughs) within the, within six months of our originally working together, not only did she, uh, overcome her sugar addiction, but she divorced her husband and from there, and the, and the reason was because she finally got in touch with that authentic self and felt empowered to speak her needs. And from there, we had this really, really powerful conversation one day where she said, you know, like, what do I do now? Like, what's on the other side of sugar? That's what she Mm -hmm. asked. What's on the other side of sugar? And I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, I've been living with this, this, this complex for years, and it's kept me playing so small. Now, I made this crazy decision. I divorced my husband. And I, that thing that preoccupied my brain all throughout the day, sugar, whenever I would be feeling bad or weak or upset or lonely or whatever, that's gone too. So what do I do? And I mm-hmm. said to her, well, what do you want to create? And from there, uh, Michelle quit her job as a teacher at a school and opened mm-hmm. up her own, her own music studio in Chicago, in Chicago, had no idea how to, run, how to start or run a business, Luckily, uh-huh. luckily her coach Daniel has at least a few ideas and I coached her in the process of building up a clientele and she now has a full, full, full uh, class studio of clients coming in every day. She's now bring, brought on a second teacher and on the other, so- on the other side of sugar, Michelle mm-hmm. created her new life. She divorced her husband and she became an entrepreneur, essentially a business owner. it's
0: very cool. Not yeah. the. I mean, we're, we're just like classify. You didn't cause her to get divorced from this. This oh, is about of course. Change so. yeah. and empowerment. And it's probably, I mean, I tell people all the time, nobody gets divorced on a whim. It's something that we've been thinking of for a really, really long time. And we're w- trying to work up the power or the kind of confidence or self-esteem, self-love, whatever it is, to do what we want to do. And, and that's a... No, I was going to say, and and Michelle's a prime example of that. And that's a great story because it just just goes to show the power of change. Because when you change one thing, like the food, and you feel in control of that, you feel uh, much more able to take on the rest of the world, whether it's business, whether it's personal, financial, whatever it is. And like you said, you, you know, a lot of self-limiting beliefs. And once you feel better about yourself in one area and food, like you said, it's such a massive area, you can't stop eating <laughs> and, um, and you can see how that can trickle down to everyone and everything else. And it's very, very interesting. The whole, you know, power of food and the power of control and fe- feeling the, um, you've kind of checked that off your list.
1: Yes. Um, yeah. So I want to make it clear. I had I had nothing to do with her getting divorced. <laughs> with her. No, I, I was simply a partner in her process that had yeah. been, you know, had been she'd been living with for the entire decade. I mean, mm-hmm. she knew she knew when she was 20 years old that she was yeah. getting into a relationship that wouldn't last a lifetime. And yet from convention from family, et cetera she was taught to believe that that that's just simply the way that it that it was or or had to be um so no she had been living that way forever Mm -hmm. it was that she finally felt empowered through um through having somebody whose whose only job is there to support you like that's Mm -hmm. what i'm i'm here to show up and basically be a like a very shiny mirror Mm -hmm. to all of your greatest dreams intentions and to reflect back to you your greatness because we're all we're all incredibly powerful we are incredibly powerful and we are all i believe um created from a place of love and so if we feel comfortable to like actually share that then all i do is shine that back mm-hmm. at you, so well you like you can make that those choices for yourself
0: no and i think i think you brought up a good a good point cuz i get asked this a lot now too so i'm also a certified life, life coach and and I think people have this little misconception. So if you're, you know, a life coach with you that deals with food and other issues, or for me that I deal with divorce or whatever it is, I think people have a misconception that a coach basically tells you what to do. <laughs> and so so maybe, you know, that's a good point that you made, that that's not, not our job. People often, well, in my semi-professional opinion, I feel like people already know what they want to do in every circumstances. You know, they come to you for advice, but they already know the answer. <clears throat> uh,
1: yes, and so this is what this is this is what I mean by living a life where we're following through with our intentions versus just being led by distractions. And so I do think that we all know we all have an intention, and mm-hmm. what we do is we let all these distractions get in the way, so that we become fuzzy on the intention, and then kind of tr- mm-hmm. go down other paths that don't necessarily support it. And we show up to a coach thinking, "Oh, the coach is a, is, a, is an authority figure, so they 'll just tell me what to do, but mm-hmm. my job is never to tell you what to do that 's why with the when coming back to the taking of the photos it 's not so I can say, Good job, bad job, do this, do that it 's simply so that you 're being honest with what 's happening because then from there, you probably know mm-hmm. oh i shouldn 't be having the ice cream Sunday for lunch on a Tuesday mm-hmm. right like like How about maybe, a
0: Wednesday? Can we have it
1: on Wednesday? <laughs> Wednesday, so you know what? If that's your intention, then and you're happy with that. If you're completely clear that that's the sort of life that you want to live, then great. Then you should be happy doing it. But often we're not. Often we wish for one thing. We yeah. do our behaviors lead us to do otherwise, and mm-hmm. we're completely confused as to why we're living with this stuff inside that feels so powerful and big and dreamy, and yet our lives don't look like that. Well.
0: Well, no, because we live in fear, and most of us operate from a point of fear, right? We, you, and I talked about this very briefly earlier, and yeah. you know, I one of the one of the most popular blogs I've ever written for Huffington Post is uh the ten reasons of fear that people stay in bad marriages. And it's the same as why they don't fix their food addiction and why they don't open a music shop and why they do whatever. We operate from a place of fear and it's such an unhealthy place to operate from. And so I applaud you for your work with these, uh, with your clients, because it's such an important thing to Um, like you said, have a trusting place and a transparent place and somebody that you can go to and somebody that you can basically guide you through and hold your hand and, like you said, hold a mirror up to you and also hold you accountable, right? I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things about coaching generally is accountability because, and, you know, it's the typical thing that I'm really good at uh, helping other people, but sometimes I don't actually do, I say, (laughs) right? And so the accountability is really, really big. And I think that's one of the major kind of, um, you know, obviously pluses of working with coaches in the food uh, field or health or fitness or whatever it is, or life coach or whatever, because you do have somebody there, like you said, somebody there to look at your food because you already do know the answer. You do, Right. And, um, and, and I think, and I think sometimes we just, we just haven't had kind of a, um, what's the word, kind of a uh, opportunity to kind of connect with anybody and deal with any of this stuff. Because a lot of us, my generation and older, We weren't, you know, we didn't talk about a whole lot of feelings or what a relationship should be or what we should do with food or, you know, there wasn't really a whole lot of direction. It was just like, you know, you marry the first person you date and you don't really, you know, you don't understand red flags or dysfunction or codependency or anything. And that applies to food also. Like, we're not really taught how to eat healthy. I mean your generation all the ones below my kids i mean they they know they understand that you shouldn't be eating, you know fast food 18 times a day right so, so.
1: yes yes de- yes definitely i mean the 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 internet has done a few things uh, good and bad but one of them is that the you we have every answer immediately at our fingertips so Uh, Where people get tripped up now is not like what is healthy, but their version of healthy. And so so many people come to me and I say, well, I heard that this diet or this diet or this lifestyle or this thing or that thing. Which one should I do? And they get so tripped up on the specifics before ever committing to any of them that now it's becoming a paradox. It's almost like the other side of the problem. It's a paradox of infinite choice and they can't choose one because they heard this thing from uh, from that authority and this thing from that authority. But yes, we are... Um, we've been privileged in that we don't have to depend on gatekeepers anymore in order to learn what is and isn't good for us. And, and that's the, for me, that's been the most empowering uh, uh, access point of the internet
0: hmm No, that's very true. And I actually have a question. So I work with a lot of divorcees and I talk about this in my book because this is what happened to me. So I'm not a comfort eater. I am a stress non-eater. Mm. So I talk about in my book, I was I'm five foot eight and during my divorce I was hundred and three pounds, which clearly isn't healthy. And and I literally couldn't eat. And I wasn't, you know, technically anorexy or whatever, but I was so, so stressed. I just like, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat, it was horrible, horrible, horrible. And I talked to a lot of people like this. So, what would you say on the other end of the spectrum? People who just have made themselves such a not priority, even to keep themselves alive or functioning or healthy in any way. Like, what advice would you give those kind of people?
1: Yeah, so there are a few things right off the bat. Um, as far as the food is concerned, if eating at all it seems like Uh, if you have a a negative response to that, and it almost seems like repulsive, then to at least the things that you do eat, that they be as uh, nutritionally dense as possible. So really high fat and higher protein, so that you're actually getting something inside of you that will fill you up and sustain you. Mm -hmm. Um, But where, uh, so, and I can come back to that, but really for situations like this, it's about devising a lifestyle around your food choices that we can start to uh, kind of work against the stress and also giving yourself over to something that's bigger than yourself. So for example, um, somebody who I worked with who has a very similar complex, she she happens to live in, uh, in California, Los Angeles, so she had access to a beach, but you know, mm-hmm. we, <laughs> can find, we can find a situation for, for everybody. Well, um, beach,
0: lake... Any body of water, right? Mountain, yeah. hike, trail.
1: So we created, so in order for her to, to so the, the work became not, let's not focus on the food. Let's focus on constructing a lifestyle where you enter into each and every day making a healthy choice for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so for her, one thing that she'd always wished that she did, but because she wasn't a morning person and this, that, and the other, and she had kids and it just didn't, didn't make sense, she never followed through with, was to get up to walk along the water every morning before the sun rose and like to start her day that way. It was something she always wanted to do, but never actually did. So I made that the goal. We focused on that and that became what we call a keystone habit, which is some, the keystone habit to, to all of your success thereafter. So it doesn't have anything to do with food directly, but it's an indication of you making positive choices for yourself Mm -hmm. that will influence the rest of the day. So the work then became about her going to sleep early enough so that she could wake up early in the morning and she would get outside and go walk along the water's edge. And she would start her days like that. Once we got that um, to become her normal routine, which took like two months, to be honest, it's it's hard to build new habits. It really is right she then became the sort of person who was confident to start the day doing something that was really important to her and what she had always intended to and Mm -hmm. that shift um that shift in mindset then unlocked everything else that could happen from there she realized oh i i can make healthy choices for myself i can have maybe i can uh eat a little bit more here and there. Maybe I'm the sort of person who can do these things, right? So right. we started working on things that were going on in her life around food that would empower her to mm-hmm. then start to address some of, some of those things. And in, within time, um, this is we're still working together, so this is a work in progress. But um, but does that make sense So that you're starting the day yeah, on your Yeah, no, plate? I agree.
0: No, I think yeah. that's, a, that's a very good point. And, you know, we we use this a lot Dreams Recycled about daily positive action. And, you know, it almost doesn't matter what you do, but you need to do something. Because one of the biggest um, issues of divorcees generally is the feeling of lack of control, right? Yeah. You feel like all of a sudden your world has imploded and you have no control over the judge. You don't know what your lawyer's doing half the time. You don't know what your ex is doing. You went from living, you know, like the husband, wife, the two kids, to now you're two separate places. There's so much kind of internal chaos and external change that you really feel like everything is out of control. And and I can't help but wonder if food kind of plays into that too. It's one of the things that we all on a personal level have control over. Whereas a lot of things we don't. We don't have control over who gets, well, not a lot of control over who gets what custody of our kids or who ends up with the car and the retirement fund. But we can control, like you said, daily positive action, a walk on the beach, what we have for breakfast, what we're making a priority in our life. And yeah. I agree with you 100%. You know, that's a, what did you call it? A keystone?
1: A keystone habit, yeah. Don't it's the habit. keystone. It's the keystone that unlocks the potential for everything else that we're working on to occur. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, and I, I totally agree with that. That the you know you take control of that one thing that you have control over, and then everything else t- like almost tumbles into place like a domino effect. You know. Okay. Right. We won't make it sound that easy because obviously all this stuff takes work. But but it, it is takes one work. Of those things.
1: Yeah, it it takes it definitely takes work. It takes effort. It's a it takes a lot of effort to build new habits and to to exert yourself in a positive sense when everything else in life feels really out of control. Because you don't there isn't most people are looking for like the best place to start. There is no best place to start, but there is a place to start and it could be in any direction. So I start mm-hmm. with we start by, by taking control of the front end of the day and letting that create, like you said, mm-hmm. a positive momentum that will, over time, through building the habits, carry over to later and later and later in the day. So first it became the walk on the beach, and then it became the walk on the beach and pair that with a healthy breakfast, and those two would become the mm-hmm. works. So those two, if you do one, then it means you have to do the other. And, that, and then that became the norm, and now we, we build that into, we scale that into lunchtime, and down and down it goes. Um, And then when you have somebody, here's the thing, whether it's a coach, whether it's a friend, whether it's a brother or a sister or whomever, having somebody who you can show, who who, who you allow to support you during this process, like who you come to and make yourself vulnerable and share what's going on versus just living inside your head and you show up and you, you ask for help, you speak your needs and you say, this is what I need. I need accountability. I just need support right now having somebody to help you through this process, to support you through this process is, um, is so
0: helpful, right? It's just very, very,
1: it's often the game changer. And then with a coach, it just becomes, it's a relationship of empowerment. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, obviously magnified, even, even, even greater. Right.
0: Right. Because I feel, so you said about having a friend and I agree a friend is better than no one, but I am a big believer in, you know, professional help. And I'll tell you why. Because when you have professional help, it's, it's a neutral source. I, I find, and I tell people this story all the time, I've spoke to over 6,000 divorces. And in my opinion, they're more truthful to me than they will ever be, even with their best friend, their mom, their dad, their sister, their brother, whoever it is, because we're a source of non-judgment. Right? And that combined with the coaching and the positive steps and the actionary things is invaluable in, you know, not just divorce, but other sorts of adversity too, right? And there are a lot of adversity, whether it's grieving, whether it's loss of somebody, maybe it's you've lost your job that can off food addictions or food issues besides divorce, I'm sure.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. And I was, you're entirely right. Having a professional that you can rely on is the game changer. Most people look, most people, most people look at coaching. I see it in either three ways. They either don't understand it. They mistake it for therapy or they, um, they just have like a cynical impression of what it is. And Mm. Uh, And that's unfortunate because to me it's changed my life. And for many people that I know, not even people that I work with, but people who have employed coaches, it's changed their life. What most people have an issue with in general is just making themselves vulnerable at all, speaking their needs, speaking their Mm -hmm. truth. Right. So you can practice that at at a, on a micro level with your friends and with your parents, with family, right. Just being honest with what's happening. And from there, Uh, being more and more comfortable to then go out and perhaps employ a coach or some sort of professional that can help you in a real way. But most people that I, a lot of people that I talk to um, when they're trying to make life changes for themselves, they're so trapped in their own head and storytelling that they don't speak what's really happening inside at all. And then it becomes this, this really vicious loop. And so just practicing at a very, very micro level what's going on, speaking that to your friends or whomevers and not asking for their opinion, which is the crucial part when it comes to friends, not asking for their opinion, just saying, I need to tell you this. Um, uh-huh. that's a, that's a powerful, that's a powerful tool that people can start just to practice becoming vulnerable.
0: Well, and this is true, right? Cause I tell people all the time, I mean, divorce is also like an instant friend color, and people get very upset about this and I go it's the best thing ever really if you think about it because it gets rid of all your fake friends instantly and you're left with only really the people who really care about you on a deeper level so why even lie to them okay yes you can go to a coach whatever but if you are lying to yourself and your friends and family you're not going to get to a place of healing. you're not going to get to recovery you're not going to get to that happy ever after unless you really take some positive actions or go to a coach like Daniel or or find some, you know, some way to get actual professional aid, in my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. I completely agree.
0: Well, Daniel, it has been lovely having you today. So, um, for our listeners, where can they find you? And find more information on evolutioneat.com. And where else are you?
1: So evolutioneat.com, that, uh, that those are the two words, evolutioneat, E-A-T, dot com, uh, has all my information you can also contact me directly i want to extend the invitation to all of your listeners to reach out to me and just tell me what's going on in their life around food or um, diet lifestyle stuff if they want to write to me i'm here to listen i really am and uh, you can get me directly at daniel d-a-n-i-e-l at evolutioneat.com um, if you just put Tiffany in the subject line, then I'll know what where you're, where you're coming. <laughs> yeah, blame
0: from. it on me, there, Daniel.
1: <laughs> I know it'll help. It'll help me sift. It'll help me sift through, <laughs> But that would, I, I'd, I'd be more than happy to um, to connect that way. And well, then my blog has a bunch of has a bunch of articles I write about lifestyle and mastering your diet for the long term versus just losing weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me on where am I? I'm on. Well, I know
0: one place you're on. You're on dreamsrecycle.com. Daniel is one of our newest bloggers and he's blogging about lifestyle, health and diet. And we're very excited about that. So um, <laughs> yeah. tune in, sign up for his uh, blogs on dreamsrecycle.com and on his website.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. This was so this was so awesome, Tiffany. I really appreciate getting to know you and, um, and for being involved in your community. It really means a lot that... Uh, You would invite me in and that's why I want to make it, uh, I just, I want to invite your people into, into my world. So if I can help, please, please, I'm here for you.
0: Well, that's lovely. And thank you so much, Daniel. So, if anyone else um, is out there struggling with food, whether it's too much food, too little food, whatever it is that you feel that there's some kind of control or, or mismatch that you know something isn't right, because I know that you will know that something isn't right, uh, reach out to Daniel. Daniel can help you. And like I said, follow his blogs, follow him on his website. And I will put all his information on the iTunes link on here. And you can find him on our website too. So, Daniel, thank you so, so much and um, many, many, many good more, well, many, many good more, what's that, more <laughs> good stories for you, you know, and success to you in all you do.
1: Thank you. Thank you for what you do. I, uh, I can't wait to keep contributing and I know that you and I will be friends for a long time. So, goodbye just for, just for now, but not for, not for very long.
0: No, no, we'll have you back. But thank you so much. And um, like I said, you can find him at evolutioneats.com. Daniel Thomas Hine, thank you.
1: Thank you.